hello, hello, and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Brazil, and we are talking NFL Week 4 betting lines. I got my man Sienna Jad as always, but got another special guest. We got my buddy Cody from the Full Slate Podcast. Cody, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk some Week 4 NFL action here. Excited to uh, get your takes, get your lines. I I know you're. I know it's it's baseball season, and you were crushing the uh, no runs first innings. You you taught uh, me what that I was, was, and then I was. Yeah, and then I saw the subsequent teeth. So we don't have to get to that part. You were yeah. three and zero, and we're gonna leave it there. See you. How you doing tonight, buddy? Thank I'm you. awesome. I am kind of relieved that you know we had the inevitable COVID scare, and it looks like it's not a huge outbreak. And that will probably have a full slate of NFL games this week, whether it's, you know, on Monday or, you know, it completes on Tuesday or whatever, you know, we'll see. But that's what it's looking like. And honestly, even if that weren't the case, we'd still have the rest of the games and that would be postponed to a bye week. So, you know, all the all the panic driven people like just relax for a second. The NFL has a handle on it. Let's talk some betting lines, my friend. The NFL also has a lot of money, so they'll figure out exactly what needs to be done there. And I think one other thing, my favorite part about this, obviously, we want everyone to be safe. We want everyone to be healthy. We've talked about that enough ad nauseum. My favorite part was going on Twitter and seeing all these, you know, like the uh, freaking Zach Galifianakis meme, where like you have the guy and he's like, you know, if the Ravens, they move their schedule to this day and then the Browns <laughs> and, and they're like doing all this yeah. schedule shit. It's like it technically will work, but guys, you know, that's not going to happen, right? So I really enjoyed um, seeing all that. Coach were you you shaky a little bit for a second when you saw all this stuff go down honestly the fact that the baseball playoffs are here and they're going on uh, at this point knock on wood without a hitch i was uh, a little skeptical i remember we had the marlins scare early mm-hmm. then the cardinals and we got through like some teams had played 20 games the cardinals had played like five yeah. here we are they're in the postseason so i'm i'm optimistic that the nfl will figure it out it's fewer games less travel um so cautiously optimistic right knock on wood of course because i i'd be lost without nfl sundays that would be oh that would just be terrible but thankfully we are here the ironic part it looks like the marlins have already won their first um postseason (laughs) game and it looks like as of last record or as last showing Cardinals. Look at that. I guess COVID doesn't stop anybody. So let's um let's jump right into it, guys. We know Cody is a, a seasoned veteran in the sports betting space. So excited to hear what you got. If you have any fun hot takes, obviously Sia does this thing a lot, and I just love talking about it. So we'll just get right in. I think the one of the most exciting slates, and if this is not a Thursday night football game, let's be honest, I don't know what is. We have the Denver Broncos traveling up to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets lined open at minus two and a half to the Broncos. It's actually switched. Guys, the Jets are getting points. I don't know if anybody's watched the Jets games yet this year, which I couldn't really, couldn't blame you if you did. If you have red zone, you haven't seen too much of them. I can promise you that. But the <laughs> Jets are terrible. And somehow the Jets are getting a point, a point and a half in certain places on DraftKings right now. It looks like it's two points, which is ridiculous. Um, And 91% of the money is on the Jets. So something scares me there. We had Jeff Driscoll. He's down. It looks like Brett Ripien, former Boise State legend, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be starting the game there. Cody, I'll I'll open it up with you. Um, You're in New York City right now, literally. Um, You've had to have seen one Jets game. Do you think there's any planet where the Jets should be receiving? Should we, should we giving away points, be favored by a point and a half? Uh, I would say typically not. And it's funny, guys, because I started 
looking at the lines last night, taking some notes, and the line I saw for the Jets was at plus one. And I saw this line, and I was like, wait, why are the Jets underdogs? Because you think about it, Denver, short week going west coast to east coast. As you said, starting Brett Ripien, which personally I'm not the biggest college football guy. I've never heard of him. Um, and you look at the Jets – they have been absolutely pathetic. I'm a 49ers fan. A couple weeks ago, the Jets laid an egg. I w- I'll admit it. I bet on the Jets last week in a teaser versus the Colts. I thought they would show up. I obviously uh, took a big L on that one. And you know what? I'm going to test my fate again with the Jets. Uh, it scares me that uh, public money percentage on the Jets there, but... It's high. It's high. But this Broncos team is really banged up. Corlin Sutton is out. Uh, Phil Lindsay's banged up. Uh, we know Von Miller is out for the year for them. Uh, Jerry Judy banged up. I, I like the Jets in this spot. Adam Gase is pathetic. He's like one of the more hateable guys, it seems like, in sports, period. <laughs> football. Um, but I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say if the Jets can't be Brett Rippian at home on a short week, that's that's that. And this Broncos team recently has been pretty bad on the road as a favorite. Their last nine as road favorites, they're three and six against the spread. So give me the Jets. And I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Write that one down. I'll clip that out. Don't worry. We will make yeah, clips perfect. of the show. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on blast perfect. for that one. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Retake yeah that am one I going to keep you in that clip with, uh, with Cody or are you going to take the, the Broncos? So first of all, you know, I, I'm sure you too, and I always make uh, fun of Michael for this, uh, Cody. So you probably have the collective age of like, you know, 28 years old or something. So let me, from a tenured guy like myself, it's pronounced Rippin. And the only reason I make that correction is because he is the son of Super Bowl champion Mark Rippin, who won it in 1991 with formerly known as the Washington Redskins. So he has a pedigree. He was pretty solid. for that. He was, yeah, right? <laughs> Levitard-esque. Um, yeah, so he he has the pedigree. I mean, at least if, if you want to go that far in terms of Apple not falling too far from the tree. Listen, Denver was one of my teams that I liked, you know, before the season started. All those injuries happened. They, they had, a, you know, you mentioned all the injuries, but they had an additional injury to their defensive line uh, yesterday. You know, I guess, or not yesterday, last week, I, I guess they're, you know, I guess you could say the Jets are sort of playing for Adam Gase's job, but they're not because nobody believes in Adam Gase in that locker room. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I think Rippon is going to be decent. Um, I, I I think Judy is playing and, you know, they do have Hamilton and, and Patrick and um, KJ Hamler is healthy, Melvin Gordon, no Philip Lindsay. So put all that together, you know, I'm, I'm getting a point or two. This is the same thing last Thursday when I said, listen, Jacksonville's actually giving points. I have to take the other team. And I hate to reduce it to that, but we have two bad teams in here, two bad quarterbacks, if we're being honest about it. I'm just going to go ahead and take the team that's actually getting points. I know it's not many points, but I'm going to go with the Broncos here. I yeah I'm I'm sorry Cody man we bring you on and you're just oof nosedive right into the ground but I appreciate your honesty hey, it's, it's it's okay I'm I'm happy to be backed into the corner from the start here two on one I'll try to hold my own I'll admit this much I, I like the Jets a lot more at plus one than I do giving points yes. but I still I still think they're the better team and we'll see. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just hoping that we get a Blake Bortles sighting. That's kind of what I, uh, that's 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 my money on the game is give me Blake Bortles. Uh, yeah, going to have to again, it's the Jets. They've just looked so bad. I mean, the Colts defense beat the Jets last week. 
Yeah, the, the Colts defense has been pretty good, though, so it's far good, this year. But, like, their offense didn't need to play, and they would have beat the Jets. Like, that, that's, that's that true. is the alarming thing. So we'll see what happens. What do you guys see? So one other thing uh, to note, I mean, if we're talking about Sam Darnold, of course he doesn't have – well, I don't – you know, Le'Veon Bell's probably not playing. Am I correct yeah, there? I don't think so. Um, so more importantly, at least on the receiver end, like, all of his receivers are injured. I mean, I'm not even sure Chris Hogan is playing tomorrow, and he's like the backup to the backup to the backup. The only healthy receiver I'm aware of right now, because Jameson Crowder and Perryman are probably not – playing Crowder has a better shot but it's like Braxton Berrios and Chris Herndon and that's pretty much it so I mean you know they they just don't have many weapons at least Denver has some weapons that you could call weapons you know they they've got a rookie receiver that's very good and they've got tenured receivers at least you know two three years in the league that have played significant roles so that's kind of another angle here like the injuries yeah they're piling up with the Broncos but they're also piling up with the Jets particularly at the skill positions it's going to be interesting I'm uh I'm going to watch it, but I'm not super excited about it. So I guess, you know, it is what it is. Um, Let's move on here. Going down the list, uh, 1 o'clock on Sunday, those Indianapolis Colts we just spoke about are traveling to Chicago. Line opened as a pick it looks like, and it is now to 2.5 to Indianapolis. Over under is at 43. And let's see, let's see. Pretty even on the public money and bets. Looks like there's a couple more bets on the Colts, but a little bit more money is on the Bears. Um, Sia, when Nick Foles gets sacked the first time, does that defender just get a concussion from his third leg? Or or how are you looking at this game from that standpoint? So this is a tough one, but but I actually think Foles and the Bears are so much better than Trubisky and the Bears. And I think there's going to be like, you know, when Foles came into that game last week, you could tell all the players like, you know, you know, Anthony Miller would catch a ball and he'd just like rush back to the huddle. Like they were, they were immediately more motivated than they were with Trubisky. And then you've got the Colts who I think have sort of always been kind of fraudulent. We always talk about the Colts and Jonathan Taylor and that great offensive line. And it is great. But they also have Phillip Rivers and a host of receivers that Phillip Rivers can't get the ball to. The back end of their defense is not bad, but it's not good. And, you know, they got a good defensive line, a decent front seven. So I like the Bears. Like if we're going down narrative street, I just like the fact that the Bears have foals right now and uh, just a more motivated team. And if they weren't playing such a fraudulent team in the, in the Colts, this is my words. I mean, you know, Cody, you might have a different take here, but um, I'd probably be fading the Bears in this spot. But they happen to be playing a team that I think people think is better than they actually are. So give me the minus two and a half. I like that. I want to see that number to get to three, though. If that number can get to three and the public is just continuing to shit on the Bears, that looks so much better. Uh, Cody, oh, and, and, I, and I misspoke. I misspoke. I'm sorry. The Bears are getting the points. I said minus two and a half. So give me, give me the Bears and the points. My yep. apologies. Yep, yep. You're good. You're good. Cody, what do you got? Yes, yeah, see ya. We're two for two going head to head here. I like the Colts in this one. Now, I don't think I've ever made money betting against Nick Foles. I'll just put that out there, like fully admit that he just has burned me on all those Eagles runs. Um, but this Colts team spoke of their defense. It's it just I think it's underrated. They had the tough week one loss versus the Jags. That definitely I think people for myself at least i'll admit it i got turned off from them um they were the favorite to win the afc south their win total going into the year was over under nine so vegas was definitely bullish on this team they've beaten up on the vikings and the jets now i know the vikings are off to a tough start but they held that team to 11 points the vikings put up uh big numbers offensively versus the packers and against the titans last week so i think this defense is the real deal this bears team is three and oh i have no idea how but they are 
uh, they burned me week one badly with the Lions. I had them, and they pulled that one out. I'll give Trubisky that fourth quarter. Um, I agree they get to pick me up with Foles, but I still like the Colts in this spot. I think their defense is good enough, um, and I think Philip Rivers is more or less a $25 million a year game manager, and I think that's kind of all they will need in this one on Sunday. So I will take the Colts, the road, the road favorite. Uh, can never steer you wrong there. Yeah, I love that a road favorite. I mean, there's only so much road now. It's just kind of a little bit of travel, yeah, unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think I'm I'm gonna lean with Cody on this one. I, uh, ah, I there don't, we go. The, the Bears. Don't worry, I go back and forth. I like making fun of C. I'm gonna make fun of a lot. You yeah, too. Don't no, worry. It's good. But it's good. It's, um, it's uh, I, I don't know. I feel like the Bears. Nick Foles. I totally agree with you, C. And we we spoke about it. C and I on our um on the Win Daily Sports Show on Sirius XM Radio Saturday nights, 11 p.m to 1 a.m. That's the one that Sia covers. I do the Monday showdown throwdown in case anybody out there was wondering. You can get it on demand on your SiriusXM app. So just search cool. showdown. You can listen to me whenever you want. But uh, we spoke about it. Nick Foles was always going to win that job because if you don't go to Nick Foles, or I'm sorry, if you don't go to Mitch Trubisky in the beginning, you can never go back to Mitch Trubisky. At least this time, give him a shot, see what happens. And I think that's why everyone was so excited to see Nick Foles because everybody knew you don't bring in a former Super Bowl MVP. Granted, you know that was one run, and we kind of have figured that out now. But you don't bring in that guy just to back up your quarterback that everyone knows is absolutely god awful. So it was inevitable that Nick Foles was going to get in. I think everyone was finally excited because yeah, they had that ridiculous comeback against the Lions. Had the opportunity to should have lost against the Lions. Had the opportunity, probably should have lost against the Giants, and then pulled this one out of their ass. But it's half the Bears. I think the other half of that equation is the the Falcons, right? The Falcons are the team that cannot hold the lead. So I think, if anything, uh, I do think I'd lean with the Colts a little bit uh, for the Bears. If that line got to three, I think I'd probably lean uh, with the with the points there. But give me the two and a half. Let's um let's ride those Colts. Ride those Colts. Let's get it. I think that's fun. So. Let us move on. We have the New Orleans Saints traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. Lined open at minus four to the Saints. Looks like it's sticking there. Uh, over under open at looks like 56. It has moved down just a tad, just a tad to 54. And let me see where the money is. This is always fun. Can't find it right now. So we're just going to skip that one. But uh, Cody, let's go to you. How do you feel? You told you, you said the Lions kind of kind of screwed you over a little bit already. They did. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, how are you feeling about the Saints traveling to another dome? But still, Saints on the road never looks good. Never looks good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty bitter about this Lions team in uh, three weeks into the season. Last week they had that game versus the Cardinals. They put off a big win on the road. The Cardinals were. Uh, kind of a lock of my uh, I had a few teasers including them that one blew up in my face um, and so they're coming in off a big road victory um, so I think Vegas has given them a little bit of juice we saw the Saints uh, lose on Sunday Night Football versus the Packers right so I think as as someone who's looking at this line F4 I think you get some value in terms of betting on the Saints here I think probably after the week two games this line's probably closer to six or seven now it's at four um, I think the Saints it seems like things are trending in the right direction for Michael Thomas to make his return we know how important he is to their offense um there are some concerns, though, for the Saints here early in the year. Um, one, Drew Brees is last in the NFL in average depth of target, only 4.6 yards an attempt. And to give you guys some perspective, 
he's the only quarterback averaging less than six yards a pass attempt. So it's like really dink and dunk for him this year. Saints defense has got punched in the mouth the last two games, giving up over 30 plus points in each of those matchups. Um, but all that being said, the Saints are one and two. They're still going to make the playoffs. They're seven to one against the spread. Their last eight road games. This Lions rush defense has gotten gashed this year. They're allowing 172 rush yards a game. That's third most in the NFL. I think Alvin Kamara has a field day. I think they get a boost with Michael Thomas, hopefully back in the lineup. So I'm riding with the Saints minus four. Um, Sia, are we friends on this pick or enemy? No, man, we're not friends. I, I like the Lions oh, here. Okay, I like the okay. Lions plus four. All right. All right. You know, And part of it is, and I do like those stats you just gave, and I agree with you, the Saints should be able to, with Latavius and with Alvin Kamara, they should be able to run all. And by the way, Kamara's catching, he's catching balls at a rate that's going to break Christian McCaffrey's record. And it's like, I'm not saying it's inevitable, he has to stay healthy, but he will break, he will, he will break what McCaffrey did last year at the rate, and he'll break it by a lot. But with that said, uh, I think Detroit is really in a good place. By the way, they should have beat the Bears week one. They they honestly should be two and one. But, you know, Matt Patricia, I just think with with Galladay back, who had a decent game last week and, and Hawkinson, who's now starting to run some some routes at, at, a, at, at a really nice rate. And then you, you, you've got, you know, Marvin Jones and Adrian Peterson running well and Swift. I just think this this offense hasn't really fully clicked. And I think this might be the week where we see that offense and Matt Stafford really get rolling. So when I see four points. With a team like the Saints who, you know, the Detroit's not very good on the back end, but I don't think they're going to be afraid, even if Michael Thomas is playing, which I think is probably greater than 50% chance right now. I just don't see them being afraid of, of the Saints offense, and I think their offense can keep it relatively close. If this line was two and a half, I might have a different take. It might be a stay away, but I'll, I'll actually bet this game, and I, I like Detroit plus four here. It's too many points. C is also super salty about that Detroit uh, Bears game because he was uh, what well, we were touting it since like May. It was so bad. It's May. It was C so is like, bad. you have to take it. You have to take it. And it all would have worked. Uh, a, Kenny Galladay went down. So obviously we, we we can't hold him against that. But it still would have hit. It still would have hit if DeAndre Swift just catches that. Touchdown. I mean, if, if he catches the ball and, and the other thing was they're up like 10, I think, with four minutes to go. And Patricia attempts like a 55 yard field goal when he could have just pinned the bears and like probably made them kill another two minutes o'clock. Clearly I'm not still bitter about it. Three weeks no, later. neither <laughs> of you guys are. Neither of you guys are. At yeah, least he is yeah. taking the best. At least he is taking the lines. I would say, so I do again, love those statistics. Uh, Cody, I think that is awesome. And we appreciate the extra analysis. One thing I will say with the drew Brees and average depth of target, there's like two Alvin Kamara's in the league. And if you have one of them, you use the shit out of them. Right. So if like that, that would just be the only thing like, yes, I think he has a noodle arm. I don't think he has the capability like he has, obviously, in the past. But also you lose your number one receiver who turns out to be the best receiver in the league. And then you have who is probably one of the one A, one B best pass catching backs in the entire league. I mean, why not? Just just get him the ball. I think it was two games ago where he his um, average depth of target to Alvin Kamara was negative. I think it was like negative 0.2 yards or something because he was throwing everything behind the line. But the dude had 100 receiving yards, like 93 or whatever. So mm-hmm. I agree. I think he is kind of washed up. But if if I guess give any defense to Drew Brees, I don't know why, just because I don't know, feeling it. Um, you have Alvin Kamara. Give him the ball as many times as you want because the dude's going to do whatever. We saw, what was it, the 55-yard touchdown? Like, that's not supposed to happen. Like, <laughs> you're not supposed to do yeah. that. So, yeah. I mean, if you got him, use him. Um, I think I'm going to roll... 
man, I, I I can't take the Lions. That's stupid. Let's go Saints. I, I think I'm going to agree with Cody on that one. Welcome, I mean, it's welcome, still the Lions. Welcome, like. welcome to the dark side, Michael. I also <laughs> yeah. I also I also like the over in this game. Um, yeah, if you got any totals, man, lean. Yeah, the Lions. The Lions are last eight home games have hit the over seven out of eight times, and the Saints are on a bit of an over streak themselves. Five out of their last six games have gone over, and their defense is not what it was last year at this point, and. As Sia said, the Lions offense, I mean, they have some serious weapons. So I like I like that the points there. It should be fun. Yeah. I uh watching a lot of Jackrabbit as a giant, uh, and now watching him get burnt on every other play has been a lot of fun. What do you guys see? So just just some DFS knowledge here. You know, we, we, you know, when daily we have our DFS shows later in the week, and then we have the live stream on uh, at eleven o'clock, and then we're on SiriusXM for anybody that's listening. Uh, Fantasy Sports Channel. It's strictly a DFS show from eleven to one. But one thing I want to say about Kamara, he's he's priced at eight K on DraftKings. Just go ahead and pay up for him. He's got three rushing touchdowns. He's got three receiving touchdowns. He's averaging. He's averaging over ten targets per game, and that that really shouldn't be going down with what we've already talked about with respect to what Breeze can and cannot do with his arm. So he's just one of those guys like you may, I mean, it's pretty much a lock button for me. He'll, he'll be popular, but it's, you don't want to, you don't want to miss out on those points in my opinion. Yeah, dude, he's too good. And he, he's won me like two games already uh, for my season long team. So I'm not, not angry about it. Definitely not angry about it. Um, Let us move on. Now my websites are all getting messed up. We have the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, last week, thought it was a really weird line. Turns out I was totally right. Why is Justin Herbert getting giving six and a half points to the Panthers? Didn't really understand that. This week makes a little bit more sense, in my opinion. Line opened up at minus three and a half to the Cardinals. Looks like it's sticking there. Uh, you can get minus three, minus three and a half. Uh, 72% of the bets are on the Cardinals and 73% of the money is on the Panthers. So uh, smart people, I guess, think that the Panthers are a lot better than the public does. That's always something to pay attention to. Sia, I know you kind of like this Teddy Bridgewater run offense, Teddy Bridgewater led offense so far. I think the Chargers had five turnovers last week. So never a good way to win a game. That's never going to work. But we know we can run against the Panthers, so that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of Kenyon Drake, I think, again this week. But, uh, Sia, how are you feeling about this Cardinals-Panthers game in uh, Charlotte? I'll say right off the bat that this is going to be a stay-away game for me. In other words, I'm not betting it, but I'm obviously going to take a side here. And and I understand what you said about where the, the probable sharp money is, but I just think the car I just think the Cardinals have too much firepower. And I think at the end of the day, we're looking at, you know, a game that's probably like a 10, 12 point game at the end. And I, I don't really see a, a backdoor cover in this situation, especially coming off a loss. Like one thing we learned from at Sticks Picks, Nick Brettwish from the Wind Daily team, Matt Patricia is really, really efficient at bottling up running quarterbacks. And we knew that going into that game. And that's why you know, even though on our projection model, he was rated pretty high, we were kind of fading him in GPPs. And that ended up kind of working out. There were, you know, that wasn't the quarterback to have in GPP. So I guess my point is, I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to accomplish that. I think that's a more Matt Patricia scheme thing than it is, you know, all, all of a sudden the blueprint is there. So with all the firepower that they have, and Drake really hasn't gone off yet, and, you know, D-Hop is, is killing it. I just, I don't see Teddy Bridgewater coming coming within the four here. I mean, again, I'm not betting it. I don't love it, but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and take the cards here. 
Love it. There we go. Cody, what do you got on this game? Yeah, see, we're in agreement in terms of the side, but I feel pretty strongly about it. I love the Cardinals in this one. The same reason I said the Saints are attractive, coming off the loss, other team off the win. There's some value. Same reasons here. This Panthers team took care of a, I mean, probably an overrated Chargers team. I know they played the Chiefs tough, which was very impressive. Justin Herbert, again, looked pretty good um, last week. Um, but I this Panthers team, no Christian McCaffrey. They struggled in the red zone without him. They had to settle for field goals in five of six red zone trips, which if you're a Joey Sly uh, fantasy owner, congrats. Or in DFS, I'm sure he won some people some serious cash. But I, I love the Cardinals in this spot. Kyler Murray played pretty poorly last week. He threw three picks, but... I think I really think they're a great great value here at three and a half. I I realize the sharps are on the the Panthers, which okay, we'll, we'll take that for what we will. Prove me wrong on Sunday. Um, the Cardinals have had some recent success as a road favorite. They're seven one and two their last ten as a road favorite, and I see that trend continuing here um, as. They if like I don't know about you guys if you guys were in on the Cardinals preseason I thought they would be pretty good and contend for a wild card spot and if they actually are going to they have to win this game because the division is stacked so I think they they really do take care of business here on Sunday yeah I I don't think we were like in I think we all kind of agreed Kyler Murray would potentially take that next step uh, and I think he has at least through the first three games he also faced the 49ers before they became the second string 49ers and yeah. we've seen what the <laughs> second string 49ers were able to do against New York teams and I'm super excited to talk about the Monday night game because I hope they put Carson Wentz into the ground as well which will be awesome but yes. we'll get some Sunday night yeah Sunday oh Sunday night I apologize thank you um but yeah still very excited to uh to watch that but I don't know. I think um, I think they have it. I think they take it. I, I it was really interesting listening. Uh, yeah, at sticks picks at DFS underscore ghost. They literally went through. They spent an hour on the phone together and went through every single box score. Matt Patricia as the defensive coordinator and as the head coach did against running quarterbacks. So obviously a little Bill Belichick in there as well. And they were capable of figuring out that they pretty much are great at bottling up those running quarterbacks. I think Kyler Murray only had about 30 yards on the ground and that touchdown was really what helped. So he ended up having, I think three touchdowns. He did have those three turnovers, which isn't great. I think he opens it back up. I think Cliff Kingsbury comes, uh, does the work that he needs to do. This Carolina defense is so young. You can run Mm -hmm. on them. You can pass on them. DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a field day. Uh, I don't know what the prop is for his over-under, but I'm going to take probably over a nine and a half completions to DeAndre Hopkins because I think they're just going to just continue to pound um, this this team as much as they can and, and make up a little bit for that dumb loss but that they probably shouldn't have had against the Lions the previous week. So. Should be fun. Um, what do you got? One, one thing I, I do want to bring up because I, I just gave credit to uh, Nick, but obviously Ghost was doing that that background work with him as well with respect to Matt Patricia and running quarterbacks. Speaking of running quarterbacks, Kyler Murray has four rushing touchdowns and mm-hmm. four passing touchdowns through three games. He almost has 200 yards rushing. He has about 780 yards passing. I mean, this this is sort of like what Lamar Jackson was doing last year, you know, through the, the first of his three games. So this is, I mean, Kyler Murray is sort of becoming that guy that can potentially win you a fantasy championship because he's just running around and he's very hard to spot and therefore he's very hard to catch. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. And, and speaking of ghosts, he wants to know, uh, Sia, where's your matching robe? Um, just out of curiosity, I guess. Oh, so earlier today uh, uh, at DFS Ghost, I think is his handle. Uh, um, 
he was wearing what looked like a pink robe, but I guess yeah. it was a sweatshirt. It was a Pink Panther sweatshirt. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks, yeah it's, it was... pretty, it's pretty cute. Um, you're not the first person. <laughs> I asked him. Rocker has asked him. Pretty much everyone on the team, when you see him in it, it's like super like fluffy up top. So it's like, dude, are you wearing a robe right now? And then he shows you it's just a Pink Panther sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. But it looks comfy. It would be, be a power move. <laughs> right? It sure. totally is. <laughs> Pink robe and a Windaily Sports hat. Doesn't get any better yeah. than that, man. Um, all right. Let us move on. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Joe Burrow Bengals. The Bengals are favored by three. It opened there. It is staying there. And oh my God, about half the bets are on the Jags. About half the bet, a little bit more uh, bets on the Jags than the Bengals. 99% of the money is on Jacksonville plus three. What is going on? What world are we living in? And this is from a very reputable source. Um, so that is very, very interesting. 99% of the money? I, that, what feels I'm like at, an, that feels like an error. That, that's almost impossible. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, it that is that's what I'm seeing. So, or or maybe. one or one whale just put a massive yeah. bet on the Bengals <laughs> right. or on the Jags for some reason. Cody, we'll open it up with you. I mean, we saw what Gardner Minshew did on that Thursday night. We've seen Joe Burrow. I mean, that Eagles team sucks, so it's kind of impressive what they did. They it's funny. I, I can't remember. I think Sticks and I were talking about it. It was a 23-23 tie, and we had nothing but bad things to say about the Eagles and nothing but good things to say about the Bengals. But the outcome was exactly the same. So I don't know if that's perception expectations what that is but it's funny how it works i mean the jags aren't supposed to be very good the Bengals aren't supposed to be very good how are you looking at this game if you're you know the Bengals are giving three points to the jacks yeah i so this one is interesting to me and i think you kind of hit the nail on the head everyone was like very complimentary of the Bengals because they were about a touchdown underdog mm-hmm. in that eagle game and joe burrows look great out of the gate yeah. he's averaging 274 passing yards he's thrown five touchdowns And he outplayed Carson Wentz last week, uh, bottom line. I'm nervous about Joe Burrow, and I was talking to one of my friends who's a Bengals fan. I was like, you guys just have to, like, protect him because he's Mm -hmm. actually legitimately, I think he's going to be a franchise quarterback for them. He's getting destroyed. Like, last week he got kind of the cheap shot from the Eagles. I was shocked he stayed in the game. This line, though, they're three-point favorites, and looking at last week's results – uh, everyone's high on them after tying the Eagles, but this same Eagles team we saw get trounced by Washington in week one and the Jags, they've had 10 days off. They, they themselves were three point favorites. They got destroyed by the dolphins. I kind of like the Jags in the spot as the dog plus three, I guess <laughs> me and 99% of the money. If that stat is right, but we'll see, uh, they're four and one against the spread. Their last five as a dog is Jacksonville. So, I like them. This one is kind of a stay away for me. I don't have a great feel on it, but for purposes of giving a pick, I'm going with the Jags and Minshew to bounce back a little bit after getting embarrassed on Thursday Night Football. I like that. And let me, I, I apologize. I forgot to say uh, the over under is currently at 49 and a half. So they're, they're thinking some points are going to happen. See ya. Um, I know you hate Gardner Minshew. Don't know why. But yeah, I know why? you hate him. And, Wait, why? Um, why? No, it's he thinks he thought Kirk Cousins was better than Gardner Minshew, so that we threw that one out the door pretty quickly. Oh, uh, I I also am a Kirk Cousins apologist. So why? Maybe, we'll get maybe, we'll get maybe we'll get, we can be friends. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> well, hold that hold that thought because yeah, I actually like we'll the Bengals there. in this game. So, okay. but you know, I do love the extra rest that the Jags are getting, but. The Bengals have been pretty competitive in, in every game they've played, including the Chargers in week one, which, you know, that was supposed to be a game. Of course, Tyrod was at quarterback, and that's a different evaluation. But I, just, I think 
I think the Bengals are a pretty decent team. It's funny, Cody, you bring up, you know, you, Bur- Burrow getting killed because we mentioned that on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. I was criticizing the Bengals because they had Jonah Williams coming back as a left tackle, but instead of drafting T. Higgins, they could have drafted another offensive lineman. Instead, they drafted like their fifth receiver. I understand T. Higgins caught two short touchdown passes last week, but that very well could have been, you know, Boyd or AJ Green or Auden Tate or you know whoever on that squad. So yeah, they did. They didn't do Burrow any favors, but the way he's been playing, I just I think the Jags, and we talked about the Jags last week too. This is part of the reason we, we liked Miami last week in that Thursday night game is because I don't think we appreciate who the Jags really are yet. And I think they're more I think they're closer to the th- team we thought they were before the season started than what we saw in weeks one and week two. So I'll take the Bengals to finally, you know, squeak out a win here by four or more. Mm. I like that. I'm rolling with the Jags, though. Minshew Magic all day. Let's go. I think the Jags, I I do like the extra couple days of rest. I think that's going to help a lot. Joe Burrow still hurts. Can almost guarantee that one, as Cody said. There were some (laughs) hard shots. There was the one he left the game, and everyone was like, is he coming back? And thankfully, he did um, to lead them to that tie. And it's just, again, I love the fact how we're looking at two teams that had completely different expectations and how a 23-23 tie uh, affects them, I think, is interesting. I I do think that the Eagles are very... I mean, not even overrated anymore. I think people realize they just kind of suck. So that 23-23 tie doesn't mean quite as much as maybe it would have in the beginning. Um, So, yeah, I want to see James Robinson, what he can do against this Bengals team. He should be able to run the ball a little bit against them. So that should be fun. We saw what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were able to do. So if you have James Robinson, play him. Uh, Definitely, this is a week to play him. I think that would be pretty important. So we'll see what happens there. But should be a fun one either way. He looks like the real deal, James Robinson, yeah. by the way, out of the mm-hmm. backfield. Even in garbage time versus the Dolphins, uh, he's, he's. I mean, he can catch passes. He looks like he's got a little pop in his step. He's good. It's, it's awesome, and, man. Sticks picks it, it. He went to the same college as Sticks picks did. So that's um, FCS Illinois State. I, I was going to say, what? Illinois State, wow. Illinois State, FCS school. What do you guys see? I went to an FCS school as well, James Madison. So, um I went to Rutgers, birthplace of college football. Yeah, I went to IU, a perennial Big Ten powerhouse. (laughs) Oh, wow. What a one-upper. Jesus. You got me. me. I I do want to say sarcastic in terms of football, but yeah. yeah. Since we brought up James Robinson, you know, I I almost hate to say this and I hesitate to say it, but this could be a nice, finally, like a bounce-back spot for Joe Mixon. In DFS, I think he's 5.8K, 5,800. That's what I recall, at least. So, I don't know why Zach Taylor's not using him more. Um, even on third downs, Geo's getting in like way more than you'd expect. You know, he's not getting Mixon's not getting the targets, but I'm hoping that turns around. Last year, it kind of turned around as the season went. So I think this might be a decent spot to play Mixon because he's not going to be popular, obviously. It should be an interesting one. Uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, you should be able to run against the Jacks. It really shouldn't be a problem. Uh, they did bottle up Derrick Henry, but that's a divisional game. So we can't really. Um, especially AFC South. They're way too crazy for me. So let us look. Uh, next game we have on the slate, Dallas. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are traveling down to Jerry World. Line opened at minus four to the Cowboys. Looks like it's still about minus four, minus four and a half in most spots. Opened at a 54 total. That moved up to 56 and a half if you like it. Take the over. That's a lot of fun. Here we go, boys. Here we go. We're going to have some fun. Um, Surprise, 78% of the bets on the Cowboys and 92% of the money on the Cowboys to cover as well. Um, And, oh, that's unfortunate. More of the money's on the under. That kind of, that's kind of a drag. So, um, see ya. 
talk to me about this Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Dallas game. Uh, it's going to be weird, especially two totally different offenses. Cleveland just wants to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Dallas can't do anything, but just continue to put up points and throw the ball. How are you feeling? This is, I think this is going to be like a weird, weird game to watch. I'm excited to watch it though. Should be fun. Red zone. Well, definitely fun my, red. my favorite play is the under, um, I, I, like 56 and a half. I'm definitely hammering the under here because for two reasons, one is because I think the Browns are going to play time of possession and, and run the ball with, with their two, like, you know, hunt and Chubb are the real deal. And Dallas is not going to be able to stop them. The other reason is I actually think Dallas is going to run the ball a lot too. The reason is they don't want their defense on the field. They still have basically almost all of their defensive backs out. And, and I think, they're starting to learn pretty quick that the formula for them is to keep their defense off the field. So I think we're going to see a lot of Zeke. That's another guy I'm going to be looking at it in DFS. He's 7,800, excuse me, in DraftKings, he's 7,800. But I think this under is going to come, and that's my favorite play because I think both teams are going to run the ball quite a bit. That doesn't mean they're not going to take shots here and there. Obviously they are. Odell might have a couple catches, you know, in the, you know, long, you know, bombs or whatever, but yeah, I like the under here, and I like the Browns because they run the ball so effectively. I don't think Baker's going to need to do that much. I think Dallas wins this game, but I think it's closer than four and a half. I think they win this game by two, three points. Love it. That is great. I hate the Cowboys. What do you got, Cody? Do you like that? Yeah, I do. I do love the uh, Browns pick. I was very bullish on this Cowboys team coming into the year. Dak was my MVP pick. He's largely performed for the most part. Uh, but this defense and the McCarthy bump from Garrett, which I was expecting, is just non-existent. They haven't covered a game yet. Uh, you hit on it, Sia. The Chubb Hunt backfield is the real deal. They're averaging 170 rush yards a game. That's third best in the NFL. They brought in Stefanski, who's offense coordinator of the Vikings last year. And he had the right idea with Kirk Cousins. Turn him into a game manager and feed Dalvin Cook. Do the same thing now with Baker Mayfield, and they've won their last two. Um, and Miles Garrett has been a monster this year. Um, he only has three sacks, but he leads NFL in quarterback pressures with 19. Uh, if he could wreak some havoc on Dak and slow down that passing attack, I think they'll at four and a half. I think you're getting like two more points than you probably should, or point and a half more than you probably should, just because it's the Dallas Cowboys and the most public team in the NFL. And the the underplay is interesting. I do agree with you there, Sia, because Dallas's defense has been god awful. They're, they're allowing thirty two points a game. I like the Browns plus four and a half. This is one I'm definitely uh, will be locking in for Sunday. That it's just a uh, it's so ridiculous how bad their defense is. Like it's insane. I <laughs> I actually had uh, Dallas money line last week because I thought they were going to pull it Same. out. They probably should have. I'm yep. happy that they lost. Don't get me wrong, but I was really confident. Like it's pretty much one of those college football games where whoever has the ball last, they're going to win. And yeah, it turns out what Dak got sacked and then he threw that pick in the end zone, which for fantasy that helped me out a little bit. Um, yeah, I that that was such a bad beat last week. Cowboys against the spread, like four and a half. Five whatever you got that at i mean i thought the seahawks would just kick the field goal at that but russ just had to throw another one late in the game dagger gotta love him him. russell the magician i guess everybody whatever he's there he's cooking now which is kind of nice i don't i don't know don't really get it chris carson in this game also looks like he will end up playing um i will call bullshit i think it was a a absolutely a dirty move i'm not going to call the player dirty i don't remember exactly who it was but you don't like roll three times that's not how momentum works um i don't know just mm-hmm. physics i guess i'm not like just just science yeah yeah just just, science. just a little science maybe mm-hmm. see you can back me up with your legal background do we have a case 
Uh, I can't believe he's not being suspended, to be honest Thank with you. you. I mean, if like I've watched that thing like 10 times now, and it's like gruesome how he did that. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, usually the player is going to roll with him when he twists the ankles, but he was in no position to do that. And it was just, it was brutal. And by the way, I understand the report says, you know, Carson, you know, had a limited practice. Just so you know, like my perspective here is Pete Carroll's just kind of saying he's, he might be ready. I don't think he's playing. I think this is Carlos Hyde. And I think this is Travis Homer. And I think again, DFS wise, I think both of those guys are very sneaky plays. Carlos Hyde, not quite as sneaky if Carson's actually out, but, um, I don't think Carson plays on Sunday. I also don't think it matters for the Seahawks in this particular Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is it is what it is. But yeah, Cowboys, um, let's go Browns. How cool would it be if the Browns go down to Jerry World, just beat them outright as underdog? Oh god, that would just be so sweet. Nick Chubb just runs all over everybody. I would I would be a hundred, hundred, hundred percent for that. And that game's at one o'clock. Um, so I guess the Browns are not good enough for uh, Troy Hickman and Joe Buck in that uh, America's Game of the Week, which is a little disappointing. So <laughs> we'll find out what that one is later. Um, moving on to the Minnesota Texans and the Houston. Uh, do you got? Yeah, I guess we'll do this one. It's in my list, so whatever. Minnesota Te- um, Vikings going to Houston. Um, we don't know. Lined opened at four. You can't really bet it anymore. Uh, at least last I saw, I quickly grabbed it when um, it looked like it was going to be off for a second. Looks like it's at four and a half right now in most places. Looks like you actually can still get it on FanDuel. So either they just don't care or they don't know. Uh, European bookmakers, you got to love it. Over under at 54 and a half. Um, So in case you lived under a rock or you don't care that much about football, the Tennessee Titans have multiple positive COVID cases, players, and coaches. I think it was eight total. The Tennessee Titans played the Vikings this past weekend, and apparently somebody that was on the field was a positive case the vikings have been tested multiple times it seems like everything's come back negative they will not be allowed into the facility until friday just to i think double triple quadruple check with the COVID stuff um so the texans are totally fine they can practice and do whatever they want do whatever they need be on the field the vikings can only do everything through zoom until i want to say set friday or saturday so this is the first test we have. Obviously, this is the first time we're seeing this. We've seen this in baseball, but hey, you just kind of do a double header a couple of weekends in a row and nothing matters. You can't really do that with the NFL as we'll also get to uh, the other intended game with the Steelers and the Titans. But uh, see, I'll open up with here. You would hear, does this, how much, I guess, how much does this affect the way you would have bet the game comparing it to just a normal, hey, the Vikings are you know plus four to the texans yeah it affects it i mean the fact that you can't get on the practice field and be in the facility it's different and you have to travel on top of that so it definitely affects it i I don't really have a a point margin i would affect it by like you know i I would say it's probably worth you know a point and a half to two Mm -hmm. points if we're if we're going to reduce it to that and that's part of the reason i like the texans here the texans have had the most unfair schedule basically in NFL history with the first three teams they had to play in Kansas City, Baltimore, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, maybe I'm overrating the Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit, but the Ravens and Kansas City with the Steelers is just so obnoxiously unfair in my opinion. So now they they get the Vikings. The Vikings played really well last week. I, I think I, I don't think the Vikings are nearly as bad as people think, which is why I was on the Vikings last week against Tennessee. But in this spot, I just think the Vikings are in a tough spot here. And I think Houston's – I don't love this line. This is actually a stay away for me. If it gets down to three, I would take the Texans. Three and a half makes it more of a stay away. But if I had to make a pick, I'd make the Texans my pick. Yeah, I don't think it's going down. I think the only way it's moving is it goes up. 
yeah. because, because of the fact that the Vikings aren't going to practice. I just took it at four and a half just because I was like, this is the first time I get to do this. This is so fun. Actually, I went to take the Steelers at minus two and that wasn't there. So I was like, ah, shit. Well, let me get the other game then. So I don't know how smart of a bet it's going to be, but I do have the Texans at minus four and a half. Took that on Monday when that information came down. Cody, how about you? How how do, how much does this affect the game for you um, with you know everything, I guess, that we know as well? Yeah, I... I don't know. I'm, I kind of am on the side. I, I think the Vikings are going to play pretty well this weekend just because I think there's a desperation element to this. Yes, they haven't been able to practice, but they'll be able to kind of do their meetings and their prep virtually. I imagine they might be a little out of sync, so the under is interesting to me. Um, but I just don't think the Texans are four and a half or five points better than like most teams in the league at this point. I, I've been pretty disappointed what i've seen from them last week i love the steelers in that spot and the texans punched them in the mouth early and then just kind of folded in the second half deshaun watson i feel bad for because he's kind of on an island out there they trade away uh hopkins obviously they still do have some playmakers there on paper at least i don't know it seems like to me bill o'brien may have run his course in houston um and i like the vikings i mean week one their defense was terrible versus the packers but they put up points last week versus the titans was a tough loss for them um but i i just want the points in this situation i think these teams are fairly even so i will take the vikings four and a half i have whatever you get it at yeah, it's it's it when when it opens up again. The only place I'm seeing it right now is FanDuel. Um, depending on your state and how legal it is, I guess we'll uh, preface with that. I think that's very important, but maybe not preface. What's the word I'm looking for, Sia? It's not preface. Uh, I I don't know. I think I think preface could that could work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like preface should come before, but that's not the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I already took it only because I was so excited to take a COVID game. Um, I'm not super confident <laughs> in it at all, actually. I actually think I'd probably uh, either stay away or roll Vikings plus four. But, I mean, this is this is kind of it for Deshaun Watson and this receiving crew. They're literally going up against nobody. Um, right. Harrison Smith is back there, I think, and that dude's a million years old. Still really good, but, like, goddamn, how much, how much, how much longer can he play for? If they can't put up yards against this defense, ugh, yikes, this is going to be a problem. Um, so I'm very curious to see what happens here moving forward, too, because you said there's desperation for the Vikings. I mean, there's obviously desperation for the I'm Texans, both, too. They're both both yeah. 0 and 3, so somebody has to come out. What's probably going to happen, Texans win by, like, three points, and, the, of course, the bet doesn't cover. So that's always that's always the fun spot to be in as well. Um, ooh, let's move on. We got a fun one. Very, very fun one. We have the Seattle Seahawks. Looks like they're traveling down to uh, blustery Miami. See, I hope you get to go to this game. Line opened up at six and a half to the Seahawks. Looks like it's still six and a half to the Seahawks. Uh, Number of bets, 80% on the Seahawks. About 70% of the money is on that uh, six and a half over under. Opened at 54, actually came down a little bit. It looks like it's at 53 right now. Um, A lot of money on the over, of course, too, because we've seen these two offense, or we've seen the Seattle offense and the Seattle defense play. They're more injured now at uh, defense. It looks like their first round picks uh, out of Texas Tech. I want to say his name Jordan Brooks. I know his last name is Brooks. I don't remember what his first name is. He was one of their one pass rushers. He is now gone. He is uh, he is injured. Doesn't look like he's going to play. As we already talked about, Chris Carson doesn't really sound like he's going to play either. Um, does I mean really the question is how many touchdown passes does Russell Wilson throw? Uh, Cody, I'll start with you. How many do you think he throws today? Well, yeah, I mean as a 49ers fan, it just 
anytime Russell Wilson, like the plays he was, he was making versus the Cowboys are so reminiscent of what I've seen his entire career versus 49ers, where they actually were doing a good job of getting pressure on him, but he's so crafty in the mm-hmm. pocket. And then he hits on these deep balls to Lockett and Metcalf. Um, this kind of seems like Russ's MVP year, right? The whole the whole storyline of him uh, never getting an MVP vote that was put into the ether very early. And so far, he's the leader in the clubhouse, in my opinion, kind of him and Mahomes. Uh, he's thrown 14 touchdowns at this point. Should be 15. Metcalf owes him one there. Um, <laughs> Seattle's defense has been terrible, though. Um, they're allowing a, a, a league-high 431 pass yards a game. And you look at the opposite side of the coin here. The Dolphins are feisty. Brian Flores, last year that team was supposed to be like really bad. Like there were people saying this team's not going to win a game. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's played for, I think there's a stat. He has beaten the Jags on six different teams. Like he's a true journeyman, but he does a good job of covering. So for purposes of betting, six and a half, Seattle off a big win against Dallas Cowboys, kind of like the game of the week last week. I think it's a little bit of a letdown for them. I they're still going to win, but I think six and a half Fitzmagic loves the late down 10 driving three minutes ago, touchdown to Preston Williams. Um, so I'm, I'm on the dolphins here. They're four and one against the spread their last five. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. They're not going to stop Russ. You can't stop him right now with the weapons he has, but six and a half. I, I like the dolphins. I mean, they look good and they have 10 days off. I'm, I'm riding with Miami here. I think those 10 days help. And I think uh, one thing, though, we'll have to see with their defensive backs. I think their entire secondary is hurt or essentially most of them yeah. are at this point. So if, uh, yeah, Russell Wilson doesn't throw five touchdown passes, I think that's going to be the most surprising thing out of this game. See, uh, talk to me. I know you're down in Miami. How what What's the scuttlebutt down in yeah. Miami about this? It's on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's really believers in this team, obviously. But I think everybody's really excited that two was on the sideline. You know, with a clipboard, and once he gets in, he's going to be like Brian Flores is clearly the coach to move this team in the right direction. I don't think anybody disputes that. And they got they piled up draft picks last year, and like all these young guys are most of them are playing other than Tua, so they're going to be good. You, Michael, you remember before the season started, I made the call. I I can't remember who I made it with, and and I got odds for it, but I said that the Dolphins were going to win the AFC East in 2021, Next and year. I actually I actually stand by that. I mean, I, I and. I understand the Bills and the Patriots are, are obviously in their way, but whether it's 2021 or 2022, this team is built to win very soon, especially if Tua becomes the guy that we all think he is going to be. Um, as far as this game is concerned, I'm actually going to go with the Seahawks. I, I understand the arguments with the Dolphins. I do think they're playing very well. I do think they're going to be able to move the ball. Don't forget Bruce Irvin is out for the season as well for Seattle. So it's it's not looking good for their defense, but – it's Russ and this offense who are going to score a majority of the time they have the ball. And the one thing we know about Ryan Fitzpatrick is he does sort of have those games where he lays an egg. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen here, but I do think Russ is not going to turn the ball over. And I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick is more prone to turning it over one or two times as he's trying to play hero ball and, and coming back in the game. And I hate to factor in turnovers because they're so random and it's just kind of silly to just assume somebody's going to throw an interception or get the ball stripped from them. But in Ryan Fitzpatrick's case against a Super Bowl contending team, I kind of see it happening. And for the record, assuming the weather is okay down here, um, which I think it will be, uh, I like the over in this game as well. So I'll take the Seahawks and I'll take the over. I love it. See, can we parlay that just to see what happens? Of course. 
Hell of yeah, course. Let's, let's do Hell it. Hell yeah, let's go. I'm always in for some good overs. Especially. I just I just wouldn't fade Fitzmagic. Don't say I didn't warn you, Michael. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I respect it, uh, but no, I'm, we're letting Russ cook. Plus, he doesn't even have Carson to hand the ball off to, so that's literally the only thing he can do, which might be a problem, actually. Uh, I do agree. The Dolphins are feisty, but I feel like, if anything, it's going to – I can't go against the Seahawks after what they did to me last week, um, and they made me take the Cowboys, too, which made me feel even worse. So I think I'm just going to – I'll roll with Russ. Uh, we'll see what happens. It shouldn't be shouldn't be all that bad. Um, let's move on. A couple more 1 o'clock games and a few – Late games as well. Um, Chargers playing the Tampa Brady's. That should be a lot of fun. They're going to Tampa Bay. Let's see if I can find this line here. Where are you? We got the uh, line open at minus four and a half to the Bucks. You can now get it at minus seven, minus seven and a half, depending on where you're looking. Over under at 45 and a half. That has come down to 43.5. Um, a lot of money. Over 75% of the money currently is on the Chargers plus seven, which uh, that's interesting. Last week, a lot of the money was on the um, Broncos plus seven and a half, I think. We saw that didn't work out too well. So we will see there. Uh, Sia, let's start it with you. How do you think Tam- uh, Tom Brady's starting to look better? Every week is starting to get a little bit better, a little bit better. Chris Godwin is going to be out. I think I called it last week. I think this is just one of those years where he's just going to perpetually be hurt. One of the best wide receivers in the league. Unfortunately, um, doesn't look like we're going to get too much out of him, but there's a team that can lose a wide receiver and be completely fine. Right now, I think it is Tampa Bay. So, Sia, how are you thinking about the uh, the Bucks at minus seven? Well, for the record, I don't think Mike Evans is fully healthy either. I mean, he's going to play, but I'm just kind of pointing that out. So, And then uh, Justin Watson, I believe, is injured, and Leonard Fournette didn't practice today. Now it's Wednesday, so maybe it's just a maintenance day. Um, but I, he either didn't practice or he was limited. So they do have some issues on, on the offense, and so I think that sort of contributes to a lack of continuity, perhaps, with Tom Brady specifically. Um, seven, seven and a half is too many points. So, you know, give me, give me Eckler and Joshua Kelly and Herbert just kind of like managing this offense. Keenan Allen had a great game last week. He had 19 targets, caught 13 balls with a ton of yards and a, and a touchdown, I believe. So I just like the makeup of this Chargers team. When you're talking about getting seven, seven and a half points. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, Chargers have a pretty great defensive line. The Bucks do not have the best offensive line. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tom Brady on the ground a little bit. Cody, how about you? See, so, yeah, we're we're on the rocks again here, man. So I Damn. I love I, I love the Bucks in this spot. So one thing here, it looks like seventy percent chance of rain on Sunday, uh, which does not spell great news if it is Justin Herbert. But Anthony Lynn has kind of been uh, he's putting some weird quotes out there about uh, whether he's going with Tyrod or Herbert when Herbert's largely played pretty well, but not like instilling a ton of confidence in the guy he just took. What was it, fifth or sixth overall in the NFL draft? Uh, and this Chargers team is really banged up. Also, we know Derwin James is out for the year. They have a couple other secondary guys that are hurt, Chris Harris and Sear Adderley. Um, but all in all, I think the story for this Bucks team, Tom Brady starting to get it together a little bit. They've won two in a row, but that defense is is rock solid. I mean, last year they were one of the best defenses in the league DVOA wise. There's just the Jameis Winston effect, mm-hmm. which love him he's still my guy but a lot of pick sixes a lot of turnovers with short fields for that defense um they have the third best run defense in the league so if we do get that rain forecast and uh the chargers do rely on eckler and kind of the running backs it might not be super successful um 
so give me the Bucks in the spot. I think they're starting to roll. They looked bad week one versus the Saints, but they're starting to get a little bit of, uh, I think Brady's starting to hit a stride here with his new team. Um, and this Anthony Lynn team, like they're just not disciplined. They had eight penalties last week. They turned the ball over four times versus the Panthers, who I think are one of the three worst defensive teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is like a, a get right situation for them on the road on the East Coast early game in the rain. So give me give me the bucks here and I'll, hey. I'll lay the points. Look at all those narratives. See, you know how much we love narratives. I mean, he just laid the narrative book across your face. What do you got? <laughs> No, I like it, but I do want to say I, I should have qualified my answer. Anthony Lynn is easily one of the worst coaches in the last <laughs> decade as far as I'm concerned, so I'm not comfortable putting my money there. He's definitely like the third worst coach in the league, maybe fourth worst. I mean, we got Joe Judge, obviously. That guy's hilarious. Um, Zach Taylor, and then, of course, like a, um, Adam Gase. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, Adam, Adam Gase has got to be one of the worst coaches the last, like, I mean, you think about it, the Browns have had some really bad ones, right, with uh, Hugh Jackson and uh, Freddie Kitchens. But Adam Gase just feels like, like at least those guys were funny and amusing. It was like betting on the Browns last week. It was like, how's Freddie Kitchens going to mess this one up? But Adam Gase just seems like a dick. Like, nobody yeah. likes the guy. Yep, he just seems like a dick. And, yeah, I, I'm surprised C.A. didn't bring that up before because he loves harping on Anthony Lynn and how much he hates him. So uh, that is surprising oh, to yeah, Cody um, to it, I guess. I'm happy you mentioned Jameis Winston, by the way, the second best quarterback on the Saints behind, of course, Taysom, Taysom Hill, Hill, but in front of Drew Brees. So I <laughs> I hope he gets in in uh gets in some, some action soon. Yeah, Sean Payton's uh, rush cross, Taysom Hill. There's something there's something going on there. If there's something, something's weird. Someone's got I mean, I don't know. Little little blackmail. I don't know. Yeah. Mormons allowed to blackmail people. I don't really know how it works. Please tweet at me at Michael One. Tell me if Mormons are allowed to blackmail people. Because I honestly, don't. but it's wow. it's a weird one. I, it would have been sweet to get this at. Might have some weird mentions. That's fine. <laughs> I don't get enough mentions. I think it would be awesome. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the Bills section of or the Eagles section, so we'll we'll definitely get some weird stuff. But yeah, I, it would have been sweet to get this at four and a half. Seven is a lot. I do think the Bucks roll here, especially you know as Cody said, he just narrative after narrative after narrative which i love and so we'll see i think tom brady is uh really starting to hit his stride yeah chris goblin's not out but we saw rob gronkowski actually run routes last week and get seven targets which was kind of cool so i do think the bucks uh lay it on the chargers here and yeah um they won't be the chargers won't be able to run the ball we saw the alvin kamara which we all just kind of you know waxed poetic a couple minutes ago about like he wasn't able to run the ball against the bucks at all like Tell me, Austin Eckler. Tell me with a straight face, Austin Eckler is a better runner than Alvin Kamara. And I'll laugh. Oh, well, I think they're going to be able to run the ball against the Bucs, by the way. But I also think in short area passing, Eckler is going to be really good, too. And I think Herbert's going to lean on that with him and Hunter Henry uh, and Keenan Allen specifically. So I don't think they're going to open up the game plan for for Herbert. But I think he is going to be able to sort of check it down to some of these guys and get them in space. It definitely it's it. We saw that last week, right? We definitely saw that last week, a little bit of a different defense, but it's definitely going to be interesting. So let's move on. So let's do the Baltimore Washington football club game. Uh, looks like <laughs> the line opened at minus 12 to Baltimore. It's now looks like it's up to minus 13 uh, over under started at 52. It's now all the way down to 54 uh, or no, I'm sorry, 40. Six and a half um, is the looks like the high right now. I mean, the Ravens look like shit. 
I know it was Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I know it wasn't really at home. It was just kind of in Baltimore. Um, See, I guess I'll start with you. Like, what did we learn? Because, man, Lamar Jackson looked bad. It wasn't. No, it, it was the same Lamar Jackson. It was the game plan was different. It was Harbaugh calling a really bad game because the total the total number of rush attempts was somewhere somewhere between 12 and 14. Lamar Jackson isn't designed to throw the ball on first, second and third down, which they did on their third drive. He's not designed to throw on first down like they did when they were in the red zone on their first possession. It, he, it, the whole design of the Ravens is to run the ball down your throat and open up the play action. And for some reason, they decided they didn't want to do that in this Monday night football spot against the Chiefs. So I don't think Lamar looked per- – I mean, yeah, he did look bad. By the end of the game, I, my problem with Lamar was he sort of mentally checked out of the game, I thought, in the fourth quarter. I mean, I was – like there were some balls. It almost looked like he was throwing it away. And it, it just – I was a little disappointed there. But I think the Ravens actually cruise here. I, I don't – the, the Redskins, or Washington's front seven is very good, but of course their star D end is probably going to be out and they're just not going to hold up. I mean, this is talk about a, a horrible spot for Washington. It'd be one thing if Baltimore was coming off a nice win and they'd feeling good about themselves, but they're feeling terrible about themselves. Lamar in particular, I actually think RG three gets in this game in the fourth quarter because it's going to be that big of a blowout. And I think Harbaugh is going to realize, Hey, this is your old team. Get in there and, and show them, you know, you've got a better arm than Dwayne Haskins, which of course is true. But now he's actually going to get to spell it out on the field. Haskins is, is not going to survive this game. It's he's been bad. His mechanics are bad. I've always said this. You know, he's got a good head on his shoulders, but he's just not an NFL quarterback. He's not a starting NFL quarterback, in my opinion. And that's going to really show up uh, on Sunday. Yeah, um, I think the Ravens just lay the hammer. I think this is one of those like 54 to 13 kind of just drubbings. Hollywood Brown, 10 catches, 150 yards, two cut, maybe not 10 catches. He's a five catch, 150 yard, two touchdown kind of guy. Uh, Cody, how do you feel about it? And if you couldn't tell, Sia is a Washington football club fan. So maybe that's where. A little oh, wow. I'm sorry. From. Also, RG3, friend of the show. Always got to mention that. Sorry, Cody. Keep going. Oh, wow. Shout out RG3. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a big bounce back spot for Lamar. I totally agree with everything you guys have said to this point. He only threw for 97 yards. Chiefs defense is better than I think people realize. Like, they're really fast. Spagnola, he knows what he's doing, clearly. I mean, the poor – like, Washington had their kind of time to shine week one, I think. Now, I think water is starting to find its level here. Haskins has only completed 56% of his passes – I hope we have a blowout here and maybe get an Alex Smith sighting. As a Niners fan, I've been an Alex Smith uh, kind of apologist slash Stan. I'm not sure if you guys saw that E60 special they ran on him in the offseason, but insane, insane. Still makes my stomach turn. Uh, Think about some of the images they showed of his leg. But most importantly, Chase Young's out. Um, it's it's not going to be pretty for, for this Washington team. Ravens 5-0 and against the spread. The last five is a road favorite. It's a get right spot for them. And one of my friends who's a diehard Ravens fan texted me Sunday before we even saw what happened on Monday and said, lock of the week next week, the Ravens at Washington. Like it's only 13. That spread couldn't be high enough. So for what it's worth, my sources are telling me about the Ravens. Uh, and I, I think I'm, I'm riding with them as well. 
I like yeah, that. Yeah, and I think it could click up to like 14 and a half by kickoff. I mean, it, that yeah. wouldn't shock me at all because that would be a line I would at least hesitate at. But at 13, I mean, the, they'll, they'll accomplish that at halftime, and they have the running game to sustain that success in the right. third and fourth quarter. This is actually also another game like you could just tease. If you want to do a seven-point teaser and just clearing a touchdown, I mean, I hate to get into the teaser conversation because, you know, like uh, those aren't really a long-term success successful <laughs> things. But this is a really good game to tease with something else that you like at like six and a half let's say yeah yeah i mean the teasers always feel amazing when you put them in it's just what happens after the fact uh kind of like kind of like fast food in that sense i guess Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i just don't see how washington holds this team no less than 30 34 points right just and i I don't see a way if if they're not if they're holding them to 34 points i don't see a way for the washington football club to score 20 like i think think the defense too that's the other side like obviously the ravens offense was out of whack but that defense did not look very good Uh, the chiefs kind of gave them to like the one turnover harrison bucker missed the field goal then there was that kind of dumb fourth down call like why are you giving it to your fullback on the 50 yard line spread them out like so i think that defense you know patrick mahomes should have laid like 45 on them maybe a little high it could have been worse hyperbole on my part but yeah i think no, no, no. That- it's not hyperbole I, I thought the same thing i, I yeah. honestly think that if, if if they were in a position where for some reason they had to score points because of tiebreakers i genuinely think they could have hit 60 i'm not yeah. saying they would have but they every single drive they they weren't getting any appropriate pressure on Mahomes, and he was just dishing it out to whoever he wanted on every single drive i agree with you I mean, yeah, you think you think about it, it was the miss extra point. There's a missed field goal. They got stopped at the 50 with the fullback late in the game when they should just kick. The, there's no reason to go for it, but mm-hmm. they go for it. That's another. So that's, I don't know, another 10 points at least left on the field. At least in what they scored 34, I think, missing the total yeah. by what one or two points, which is awesome. Got to have half a point for some of us. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, open wounds. Open yeah. wounds. I'm, I know it's only been a couple days. Um, so the the point that I was trying to make with that, though, I think the defense wants to show out too. So I think this is one of those yeah. spots. Marcus Peters, he's going to be looking for that. Um, he's going to be looking to lock down Scary Terry. He's going to be looking for that pick six, and they're going to try and not let up more than I think a field goal, if not two. So uh, I think. Not only that, I think the offense is going to want to roll, but I think the defense needs to show out too because they look ugh, did not look good. Um, we have one more 1 o'clock game, but it looks like the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game is going to get moved to Monday or Tuesday, so we'll wait on that one for a second. Uh, let's go to the Giants and the Rams. Yikes, Giants <laughs> traveling out to L.A. Rams opened as nine-point favorites. Looks like it's up to about 12, 12 and a half right now. My goodness, you can get it at 13 if you really want to take the Giants, plus 13, I don't know. Um all the money and all the bets are on the Rams. Uh, last week, we at least saw some of the bets on the Jets as, I guess, kind of a joke. But, well, uh, ooh, yeah, sorry, Cody. Not all. And then we have the over-under is sitting at about 48 and a half right now. Uh, Cody, I know you're a 49ers fan, uh, so maybe you know a little bit more about the Rams. You're also a living in New York, so maybe you hear a little bit more about the Giants. Uh is there a way the Giants can cover this spread after watching what the second string team of the 49ers did to this offense uh, and offensive line? I mean, what what do you think the Rams do? Yeah, I mean, the 49ers were without 12 of 22 Super Bowl starters um, in that matchup, and it was yep. never really close. They out they outgained the Giants 420 yards to 231. They only had the ball for they had the ball for less than 20 minutes in that game. Um 
they're I mean, we know Saquon's out, which is unfortunate, but they're three running backs. They had 10 attempts for 17 yards. Daniel Jones is legitimately their best running back mm-hmm. at this point. Um, Rams, they had a wild, an absolute roller coaster every game, right? They're down 28 to three. They come all the way back. They're winning. They kind of get screwed by a late pass interference call on that one. They look very impressive out of the gate. I didn't think they would be great this season, but I've quickly flipped my opinion. I think there's a legitimate chance that there are four playoff teams from the NFC West this year. Um, All this being said, I think the Giants, this is one of those spreads where it's like, no doubt the Rams win by two touchdowns. But then it's like, you think about it's NFL, and NFL betting is always a weird, weird world, right? Like the Rams, that matchup versus the Bills was a big deal for them. They're going back coast. I mean, they traveled right in between uh, from east east to west and then back and forth. I think that the Giants are going to cover. Um, it's one of those bets that you'll lock it in and you'll be like, this is stupid, but you'll get like weird pick six. You'll, you'll get the long Daniel Jones run or something. I think the Giants are going to show up to play. I think Rams, it's a little bit of a letdown spot for them. The Giants have actually been pretty good recently as a road dog. They're 4-0 against the spread their last four. I think the Rams end up winning. I'm not saying bet the Giants' money line, but 13 is a lot, and I just feel like they were so pathetic last week that this is the week where it's like nobody in the world bets on the Giants, but it's like a 21-17 game with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and you're like, how is that possible? Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know. As a Giant fan, maybe little, that gives you hope. I don't know. Bit of, I mean, the funniest part is it's just like, I don't think the Giants lose by two touchdowns. I think they just lose by 10 points. It's like, awesome. Still double digits. But yeah, that's probably the right. it is. We all know that. We all know the quote. Good teams win. Great teams cover. We all know the yeah. quote there. So, um, yeah. Sia, are you going to give me hope? Uh, no, not really. But but I, this one's a stay away for me. So I mean, I, I don't I don't hate Cody's take here. It makes it like, listen, I just told you the Ravens were going to cover 13 points. OK, mm-hmm. and then the next game happens to be a 13 point spread. And I'm going to yeah. take the favorite again. Like, I'm just asking for it at that point. I mean, that's like I, I've been on a lot of dogs so far on the show. And there's reason for that, because the public is just going to be pouring in on these favorites. So we have to really be careful, just like we were last week. So I, I don't love this spot for, you know, either of the teams, which is why it's going to be a stay away. If I had to take it, though, I would take the Rams just because a couple reasons. I can't believe how incompetent the Giants were last week. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. really shocked at how incompetent they were on offense. I'm shocked they didn't utilize Deion Lewis differently. I, I'm, I'm shocked that they even bothered to use Devontae Freeman, to be honest with you, after you know signing him you know a few days earlier. So I think that like the, the reason I'm starting to lean the Rams is because I'm starting to realize that Joe Judge and Jason Garrett are even worse than I thought, which is like <laughs> abyss level coaching acumen. So here I am with McVeigh coming off a loss, a, a brilliant coach, a top three coach in the league, probably. I'd probably rank, you know, the obvious, the king, and then Kyle Shanahan, and then maybe McVeigh right after that. So uh, I just 13 points over the course of four quarters. I think I lean Rams, but I don't love it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the Rams defense is <laughs> so, better. You're so downtrodden, Michael. This team is awful. The offensive <laughs> line is terrible. Obviously, we don't have Saquon, Daniel Jones. I mean, the over-under prop on Daniel Jones turnovers, I'm assuming, is at one and a half, if you can get that. because And you probably yeah. should hammer the over. Because all he yeah. does is fumble the ball and, and throw, throw interceptions. So, I mean, you can't win games if you are always minus in the turnover margin. 
no running game, no offensive line. The wide Evan Ingram sucks this year. I don't know what the hell happened to him. Usually he's just hurt. Now he just sucks. So like I don't know what the hell's going on there. Darius Slayton's been solid. He had that one game. It hasn't really done much since. If Jalen Ramsey's following him around, I don't have any confidence in that. Golden Tate's old. Sterling Shepard's hurt. I mean, it's just it's insane how bad this Giants team is. And the defense is still bad. Everyone tried to tell me that their defense was getting better. Where? Where did the defense get better? It's even worse, I think. It's just, oh, man, it is so frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bet this because I try not to bet on or against or for the Giants, but I would probably take the Rams. If it was on the East Coast, it would be different. Granted, I don't know why I say that because we just saw what happened last week, but I feel like it would be a little different. I don't know. I'm hoping something happens. Um, I'm hoping Joe Judge isn't as competent as he is making him out to be, so I don't know. It, uh, it'll be interesting. Giants suck. It is what it is. Uh, let's move on. I don't want to talk about that game anymore. Let's go to the New England Patriots traveling to Kansas City. Line looks like it opened up at around 8. It is uh, to Kansas City. It's now down to 7. My goodness, 94% of the money is on the Patriots, which doesn't really surprise me at all. Wow. Uh, not at all. Um, uh, 52.5 for the over-under. looks like about 50-50 split there uh i think we opened up with cody last time sia what do you think i mean the patriots are a touchdown dog i know it's against patrick mahomes i know we just saw what they did against the ravens but do you think bill belichick allows his team to lose by a touchdown probably not i'm gonna i'm gonna have to take belichick here i think the game plan much like i sort of think the cowboys game plan is going to be which sounds weird that i think the cowboys going to run the ball and keep their defense off the field i think cam newton's going to do the same thing he probably has james white at his disposal now after that awful tragedy that his mom and dad went through he's got rex burkhead who really shined last week then of course sony michelle as well i mean damian harris is, is going to be active as well but that doesn't really mean much so i just think it's going to be just ground and pound. And, and I think that's going to limit the possessions. And therefore I think seven points is just too many. I mean, don't let's not forget the chiefs sort of granted the chargers matched up better, but, but the chiefs haven't been brilliant all three weeks of the season. They were very good against Houston. They kind of were like below average against the chargers. Then you saw what they did on Monday night. So I think seven's too much against Belichick. I'll, I'll take the points. Yeah. I think a lot of running, uh, you can run against the Patriots. The Raiders didn't really show it too much because they started to get down a little too early, but it's definitely, uh, interesting. And I think Cam Newton just looks too damn good this year. Cody, what do you got on this game? Yeah, I mean, the Pats just ran for 250 yards on the Raiders. It's going to be run, run, and run the ball some more to keep uh, Mahomes on the sideline. Mahomes' numbers last week versus the Ravens, who are top three defense in the NFL, were just insane. Yeah. 31 to 42, 385, four passing touchdowns, added one uh, with his legs. Like, it, the guy's ridiculous. But I think the Chiefs' uh, Achilles heel is the rushing defense. They're 27th ranked in the league. We've seen what Cam can do so far this year i mean it's unbelievable the patch just hit the jackpot with him on a one-year deal i was pretty skeptical coming into the season in terms of i thought he was just washed up on the panthers but change of scenery has done him some good he is i mean all all the reason in the world to continue to ball out this year to get a huge contract going forward I agree. Seven points is a lot for this team. Um and pats have had recent success as a road dog five and two against the spread and it's naturally just has to be a letdown game a little bit for the Chiefs, right? Like, they just showed they're the best team in the NFL Monday Night Football. Short week. I'll take the Pats. I mean, is anybody going to take the Pats money line? I don't know what it is. I actually don't have that in front of me. But, um, yeah. 
That, you that you feels guys... like a big. That feels like a big mistake. That that risky no. enough against the Chiefs. I don't know. Chiefs are due for loss. Andy Reid. Andy Reid lays eggs. He's he's done that before. Plus two fifty five. Um, I just saw it for the Pats money line. Maybe it may be worth. I don't know. A sprinkle. Dip your toe in the water. Yeah, yeah, just a little, just a little sprinkle. I don't know. Just, See what happens. I'm not rooting for it. I think the Chiefs win. I think the Pats cover, but uh, I think it's going to be a lot like that Seahawks game. I think it's going to be super close. It's going to look like the Chiefs should win. They'll do what they did kind of against the Ravens. Cody and I were tweeting back and forth about that a little bit. Uh, the Ravens started to bring it back. It looks like they should have got close. Then Patrick yeah. Mahomes kind of t- uh, put his throat back down. So I don't know. I will sit here and say I will not be surprised if Cam Newton and the and the Chiefs win that game by three points, maybe you know a uh, half a touchdown, four points somewhere. So it would suck, but I think it's a possibility. Let's move on. Only uh, looks like we got three games left. So we have the we uh, four games left. I don't actually know how many games we have left. Whatever. We have Buffalo yeah. traveling to Las Vegas. We have the Bills favored by two and a half to open. They're now favored by three. The over under has gone up to 52 and a half and it looks like a lot of the money is on the bills everybody is riding the josh allen train and see i know i know you want to say something mean but the guy just won you a bunch of money so can you say something nice about josh allen yeah he, he won me a bunch of money and he's been good lately like i mean just because i think a quarterback is not very good it doesn't mean he can't have streaks where he is very good i mean i and he's improving so maybe my take from six months ago is going to be obsolete six months from now because he improved i I don't know we'll see but no he's i don't think he's a great nfl quarterback i don't think he's even close to a top 10 nfl quarterback uh but you know i guess people will argue with me because they'll see stats through three weeks and they think three weeks is a big enough sample size so i will say I, i have gotten tweeted quite a bit um my friend Seth Jacks at Seth mm-hmm. Jacks uh, showed me his stats over. I think it was a 14 game period, or maybe it was an 18 game period. But I see what I see, man. And the the inaccuracy issues haven't fully gone away. So we'll see what happens as the season goes on. But as far as this game is concerned, I, I don't. This is definitely a stay away for me. It, the Raiders are kind of banged up on the back end, and that worries me a little bit. Uh, if I had to take this one, now I'll make this one quick. If I had to take this one, I would take the Bills. I think they are the superior team on both sides of the ball. But this one makes me nervous. Um, three points is a decent amount. So Bills is my pick. I'm staying away from it. I like that. I, I I think we all can agree Josh Allen has definitely gotten better. Um, He still has some inaccuracy issues, but they've absolutely improved. He finally mm-hmm. has a real wide receiver. I think that absolutely helps having Stefan Diggs on his team, not having John and Jaron Brown, I'm, I'm sure is is helping him in not only the confidence department, but on the actual play calling department and the scheming department. I think that helps. Um, he has two pretty okay running backs with Singletary and Moss, so we'll see what happens there, and the dude can still run. He obviously still has too many turnovers. That turnover he had, I think, when he got sacked by Aaron Donald, that was bad. That was bad. Awful time for it. It didn't look very good, but... He's absolutely improved. I don't think we could uh, uh, disagree on that. And Cody, I saw your face when uh, when Zia said he's not even a top ten quarterback. I thought that was pretty good. I might have to go back and uh, just just yeah, clip that out because yeah, that sounds like a yeah. fun one. But how do you yeah. feel about the team? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very in on this Bills team. I like them a lot. Um, but I agree. I think in terms of right now where they're at this season. I think this is a bit of a letdown spot for them. That was a huge win over the Rams. Josh Allen, I mean, his numbers are stupid through three games. He's thrown over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, only one pick. I agree with Sia's point, though. Like, the the fact that he continues to have those, like, kind of Jameis Winston moments where you're like, what are you doing? 
Like, why? wait, why'd you do that? The talent's there. It's just he's got to clean it up a little bit around the edges. If I had to make a pick in terms of Raiders or Bills here, I like the Raiders with the points. I just think, uh, I think, the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a great feel on that piece of it, but I love the over in this one, 52 and a half. Both these teams have hit the over in all their games this season. You look at the Raiders defensively, it's not pretty. They're allowing about 30 points a game. Bills offensively have been one of the best teams in the league. And the Bills defense coming into the season was kind of projected top five defense, probably top seven. And they got gashed by the Rams, who's a very good offense. But two weeks ago, the Dolphins put up some serious numbers against them. So I think them going east to west, I see the Raiders being able to score points. Um, So I love the over in this matchup. It should be fun. Josh Jacobs play a lot of Josh Jacobs because I think he's going to be under owned because people are going to assume the Bills have a good defense, but you can run on the Bills. And I don't even think that's really a question. Uh, let's move on to the you know, one, one thing I should mention because it is going to affect the over and it, it affects the line, too. So it doesn't look like Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs are going to play. And some people might say, well, Henry Ruggs, like, you know, what impact has he had so far, even when he was healthy? Well, he really opens up the field, obviously, for guys like Darren Waller or previously Brian Edwards, who really wasn't getting a lot of run or Hunter Renner for example so it doesn't look like either of them are playing so if that's going to be the case i just think the bills are really going to be able to hone in on jacobs and waller just like the pats did last week so now i'm starting to convince myself i think i might like the bills even more here sorry no it's okay that's my job and i did not do it so shame on me guys i apologize for being terrible at my job this late into the show it shouldn't happen so Thank you for keeping me honest. Yeah, I appreciate you. Let us move on to Philadelphia and the San Francisco 49ers. This line, oof. Uh, Philadelphia, it opened minus three to San Francisco. It is in San Francisco, so I guess east to west, blah, 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 blah. Uh, open minus three to San Francisco, 45 and a half was the total. 45 and a half is still the total, but you can get it minus seven to the 49ers now i know raheem mostert might be coming back this week i think it's kind of up in the air a little bit um jimmy garoppolo i don't think is supposed to come back this week i don't think anybody on the defensive line that tore their acl is coming back this week i know we just saw the eagles look like trash and the giants look like trash and the 49ers just completely blow out the giants but cody talk to me seven points again i hate philadelphia and i want to see them get buried into the ground i want to watch carson wentz get crushed but this isn't the 49ers that we have seen. Seven points just seems like a little too much, right? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, Debo Samuel and uh, Kittle practice today, which is encouraging sign for the offense. But everything I've seen so far, it seems like Jimmy G's probably not playing. Um, and running back-wise, McKinnon's banged up also. Uh, so you, we might be looking at a Jeff Wilson Jr. situation, who is very good. And Chana- <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, I mean, Shanahan is a wizard when it comes to these running backs. He kind of plugs and plays, and they all put up numbers. But six and a half, seven, it's a lot of love for Nick Mullins, who I'm a big Nick Mullins guy. I think he is very good. He's he's a rock-solid backup. But you have to think that the Eagles will come out and show some kind of life here. In terms of betting-wise, this is an absolute stay away. As a 49ers fan, I just hope they win and get the hell out of there and stay healthy. Um, But, I mean, the Wentz struggles are real here. He's thrown the last three seasons, seven interceptions a year. He already has six picks this season. So, the Jalen Hurts uh, bandwagon, uh, we know Philly's not shy in terms of expressing themselves as a fan base. So, if they lay another egg this weekend, I think we're, that that rumor mill is really going to be stirring. So for me, it's a stay away. 
I mean, 49ers in a teaser somewhat interesting, but um, I'm probably staying away from this one. It's such a weird, weird line. Um, I don't know. It opened at minus three, minus three and a half for a reason to go all the way to seven this quickly is is alarming. Uh, One thing I will say, my favorite part about the Jalen Hurts pick not is not the fact that they drafted a quarterback in the second round after starting Carson Wentz to like a four-year, $120 million deal. It's the fact that they took the worst quarterback they possibly could in Jalen Hurts because he's not good. That's my favorite part is they took a quarterback in the second round who's just blatantly not good. We saw the Packers do it with Jordan Love, which was hysterical too, but it's even funnier because then the, the Eagles knowingly and purposefully did this to themselves. What did they think was going to happen if Carson Wentz struggled at all? Not have Philadelphia, the worst city on planet Earth, scream and yell about getting the other guy <laughs> to come play quarterback. They were screaming for Chase Daniel a couple years ago. Like, what the hell are we talking about? They still call up. I'm telling you, anybody that's out there, li- listen to WIP. It's hysterical. You can find stuff online just from the clips. They're still asking, how do they get Nick Foles back? Still, <laughs> this day, they're looking for Nick Foles again. He's not even that good either. It's, it's incredible. See, so, yeah, do you think seven points, as much as I hate Philadelphia, seven just seems a little too much. Yeah, it's too much. I'll, I'll be on Philadelphia here. I do like that the Niners are getting Kittle back and, well, most likely getting Kittle back um, yeah. and and Debo. Uh, I think McKinnon's going to play. I think McKinnon and Wilson are going to play. I don't think Mostert's going to play, and I don't think, like you said, I don't think Jimmy G's going to play. I'm pretty sure about that. So um, I also like Mullins, but I think seven points is too much. I mean, they definitely have their backs against the wall. And, and you know, this Niners defense really is banged up, uh, you know, big time, especially on the back end of it. So I think guys like Greg Ward Jr. and Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz are going to be able to get things rolling enough to cover the line. As far as the Eagles are concerned, like I just wish for their sake that they could go back to their Super Bowl days where they had a real coach. And that would, of course, be Nick Foles. Because, by the way, he's the one that called the Philly special. I mean, we've all seen that replay, right? Well, Doug Peterson gets the credit and never, ever actually mentioned the Philly special as Nick Foles coming to the sideline on a timeout. Anyway, the point is, Peterson always gets in his own way. I don't really know why he has the reputation that he has, because I don't think he's an elite coach at all. But, yeah, Nick Foles would be the better guy in that offense for sure. Either way, I'll take the Eagles plus seven. I love it, man. Man, the more Philly slander, the better. We're coming down last couple games here but just to throw a little extra on the fire yeah who um jake elliott hit a 60 plus yard field goal against the giants a couple years ago and with 19 seconds left in the game punted to ensure a tie (laughs) i mean i know the division sucks and the cowboys have one win and the the redskins have one win so they're only like what i guess it's technically like game and a half behind but Man, what happened? He used to have such a big dick, and now it's like it just shriveled up. Yeah, see, what do you got? Um, yeah, but that wasn't really the big error because they had that five-yard penalty. Yes, they could have kicked the field goal. I might have punted it too because you're almost putting Cincinnati in field goal range. The problem was when they got to the point where it was a 54-yard field goal, they decided they would set up for the 54-yard field goal <laughs> instead of actually trying to march down the field and get an extra five or ten yards. That was a gigantic mistake, and, and it was a mistake that really illustrated how little faith they had in Carson Wentz. I mean, what a ridiculous move to set up on whatever hash you want to set up just so that you can kick the 54-yard field goal when you have plenty of time to get five or ten yards. It was 59-yard. Like, they were... That was after the penalty, though, right? It was 59 after the penalty. No, no. It went from from 59 to 64. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. But, like, regardless, the point is the same. It's like, why why are you diving to the hash mark? As I was watching in real time, I was like, 
how much faith does he have in Jake Elliott? I mean, it must be a lot. And then it wasn't when it was a few yards. I don't yeah. know. It made, made no sense to me. If I was a Philly uh, fan, I mean, you got your Super Bowl a couple years ago, so let that ride for a bit. I don't feel that badly, but uh, brutal, brutal. I love it. I think it is absolutely hysterical. Uh, the Monday night game, one of two potential Monday night games. We have the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Green Bay. Opened at minus five to Green Bay. It's now to minus seven, over under 56 and a half. Man, this would have been a fun one on the uh, the Sunday slate for our DFS friends. Uh, Sia, how do the Falcons go up 20 and lose by <laughs> yeah, three touchdowns? Uh, that's a good question. And seven and a half is, is quite a bit. Uh, I don't know that I'm perfectly sold on the Packers yet as just a, a dominant team in the NFC. So believe it or not, I'm actually going to take the Falcons in the points here. Hell yeah, see ya. Wow. All right. I guess you agree with them, Cody? Yeah, I agree. I think seven and a half, this Falcons team has been historically, uh, some historically miserable collapses here. This Field Yates tweet I love over the last 20 seasons. No team has blown multiple 15-point fourth quarter leads in a single season. And the Falcons did it back-to-back weeks. Oh, um, wow. That is so incredible. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, I'll give him credit. He looks like he's got his swagger back here this season. Uh, drafting Jordan Love may have uh, lit a little fire under his butt. But seven and a half is a lot for this Falcons team. And... I think Dan Quinn's a bad coach. He's brought in to be a defensive guy. They clearly don't play defense, but they've done well recently on the road. Uh, they've covered their last five road games. I think they put up enough points in this to keep it close. And, you know, Minnesota put up a ton of points on this Packers defense week one. We saw some kind of shoddy tackling from them. So I think the Falcons will get theirs offensively. Seven, seven and a half. That's a lot. If you get the hook at seven and a half, I definitely uh, I like the Falcons. I love it. Um, no, I'm going Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers is on like a like a um, like a revenge tour against everybody, and that includes his coach. I don't know how he yeah. gets revenge on him, but I think he does. <laughs> I think uh, this Falcons team. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I'm not going to say I love the over 56 because it's gigantic, but man, do I love the over 56! Like, let's go. I think it's going to be so much fun. Devonte Adams coming back, I think, helps a lot. Uh, we saw some legitimate wide receiver play out of Lazard, a little bit out of uh, MVS. I can't really say his name. It's too fast for me, but um, it's fun, man. And I think Aaron Jones is incredible. CNI, we were definitely not on Aaron Jones, or at least as much as everybody else, because we said there's no way he scores as many touchdowns as he did last year. And I think he's on pace to break what he did last year already. So jokes on us a little bit. Cody, you got one more thing? That's No, that's, that's, that's all it. I got on that right. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, should be fun. All right, last game. Uh, looks like we're going to have some Tuesday night football, which I am 100% in on. It was going to be a 1 o'clock game. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers and going to the Tennessee Titans. This game opened at Tennessee minus 3, quickly went all the way to Pittsburgh minus 2, a 5-point swing. That is huge. You usually don't see something like that happen. Uh, and we also have that over-under looking like it's at about 47 was the last uh, that we got of it. Um Cody, I'll open up with you. How often do you see a team go from a three-point favorite to a two-point dog by Monday? Yeah, yeah, it's, that is a massive swing, um, and generally a sign that uh, the public is coming in pretty hard yes. on the team that's now the favorite. I kind of like Tennessee at that point. Um, been pretty bullish on the Steelers so far this year. I think their defense is incredible. I think they're a legitimate contender in the AFC. But at that value, I'll take Tennessee at home. Tannehill continues to put up good numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
proving people wrong. His stats as a Titans quarterback are incredibly impressive. We know what they have with Derrick Henry. I I like yeah I like the tight ends at home at that number. I think if they were three point home favorites, I'm probably on the Steelers side. But getting the five points, I'll take the value at the tight ends here. There's a reason the line opened at minus three to the Titans, and I think that's something that we have to keep in mind. Whether we think that's ridiculous or not, I think that's something important. Sia, what do you think about this game going from minus three to the Titans now minus two to the Steelers? Yeah, I'm I'm all over the Steelers so much so that. I already bet the game in a, in a big way. And it's funny because right before the show, I wanted to make sure the bet was still pending and it wasn't, I guess, because it's going to be postponed or they're not sure it's going to be canceled. They actually returned my stake amount, which ah. was a little disappointing, but I didn't really get it at a great number anyway. So I can just rebet it when they, when they have it out, which will probably be at two or maybe one, one and a half. So I just really like the Steelers again. I, just like you said, Cody, I, I was big on the Steelers, you know, when they, when, the schedule came out. They were 28 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now they're down to like 20 to 1. But the point is, is it be, once you get past the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are probably the next best team in the AFC, or at least there's an argument for it. And I just don't think Tennessee is very good. Um, obviously, their schedule hasn't been very good. You could say the same about Pittsburgh, but I just think Pittsburgh is elite on offense and and not necessarily elite on defense like people think but i think they're very good on defense and i actually think they're the better squad on defense and offense than the tennessee titans so i think they win this game and and by the way i don't think that offense has fully clicked yet you know connor has been out you know they're trying to get deontay johnson into the offense now he might have a concussion juju's trying to get back to form from two years ago so i think they're sort of in this mode where they're not even at 80% capacity. And I think we're going to start to see over the next few weeks them really starting to steamroll teams. I think it starts this week. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from this game. Um, if I was to take a side, I'd probably take the, take the Steelers. One thing, uh, the Titans, again, divisional game, but gave up 30 points to Jacksonville, which we saw only put up, what, 13 against Miami. They gave up 30-plus points to Minnesota. Probably should have lost that game. Uh, Guskowski kind of came out of nowhere for with that field goal that he kicked. Uh, should have lost the first game of the year, too, to the Broncos. Granted, that one you could say, well, if Guskowski m- makes half of his kicks, they easily win that game. So um, just a really, again, there's a reason why it opened minus three of the Titans. I think that's important. But I think James Conner is going to run all over the Titans, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, getting running backs in that game should be interesting. But that is our marathon show. Cody, I think I told you this was going to be like an hour. Sorry, I kept you around for a little longer, but we were having fun, right? It was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. This is uh, your time to, to, uh, you you did great. Everyone loved the information. I'm already very confident in that. Where can everybody find your betting podcast and where can everybody find you online? Thanks, man. Uh, Yeah, hopefully the information turns into some winners. We shall see. Uh, Either C or myself will be happy this weekend. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Full Slate Cody. Um, my brother and I, we have a sports betting podcast called Full Slate on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, during the NFL season, we do two shows a week. So we do a weekly pick em pod, actually just recorded earlier. So I got a nice test run with some of my takes in. So that drops on Thursdays. And then we do a Sunday evening, Sunday Scaries podcast, kind of recapping the week that was and giving some plays for the week to come. Um, so yeah, give us a follow on Twitter, Full Slate Podcast. Give me a follow, shoot me questions, whatever it may be. Um, if you love my picks, hate my picks, somewhere in between, it is what it is. It is fun, and Cody is a part of the, uh, I want to get it right, N 
RFI uh, gang. No oh, runs first yeah, inning. Yeah, no runs first inning. Got off to a hot start earlier today, three for three. I don't. I've lost four since, but that's uh, we have a late game starting here soon, so maybe yeah. get back even. Yeah, we do. Awesome. Uh, see you. Where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, at Sia Najad or, you know, parading around Discord in the Wind Daily expert chat. Yes, absolutely. You can find me at Michael Rizal one We sincerely appreciate our friend Cody for coming on. I'm confident we're going to get him back on again sometime soon. That was a lot of fun. Next week, it'll be back to the main trio. We'll have Sticks picks back, but we thought it's fun. We'll get some guests every once in a while. It's more fun. That I love way. it. So, Cody, we appreciate yeah. the hell out of you for Sia, for Cody, for the Wind Daily Sports family, for myself. We all hope you make it a very profitable week four in the NFL.